Well, good morning, Hope. If you weren't awake before, you're awake now, right? Wow. I feel like we need more banjo in our worship services. Can I get an amen in the house, please? Uh, that, that was so fun. Uh, and so we are continuing and actually wrapping up a series today that is called Taking Care of You. Someone turn to the person sitting next to you and say, you should take care of you. You should take care of you. You really should. And the reason for that, we all need to take care of ourselves. But did you know that Jesus said that the most important command from God is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love, and equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. So God commands it that you know how to take care of you. And so we've been talking about lots of different things in this series. We talked about some spiritual practices to keep your, your faith vibrant and alive even through tough times. We talked about, uh, we talked about like, like being healthy and taking care of the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's your body according to the scriptures. Your body as a follower of Jesus, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. We got to take care of that thing. And, and, uh, and I'll be honest with you, um, I haven't worked out since that one. Uh, you know, I haven't really, like, I haven't been able to do that one yet. Uh, but that's part of why we're talking about what we're talking about today. And, and last week, by the way, if you didn't see last week, get on, on YouTube and go watch that message. I actually happened to be on our YouTube page for something, and, and I saw that message just like, like skyrocketed one of the most viewed messages on our page because it's so relevant to what people are experiencing right now. We were talking about fighting back against anxiety and mental health, and so if you or someone you know needs that message, make sure you check that out. In fact, if you're a parent of a high schooler or a junior higher, March 30th, we're even doing a, a specialized event for parents of teenagers so we can talk about God's word on mental health. And, and here's the thing, all those things are wonderful, absolutely wonderful. And most of us would say, that's important. That's really important. But like I said, I haven't worked out once since that single, ser since that sermon on health. And it's not because I don't think that it's important, it's because I haven't figured out how to like put it in the craziness of my life. And so today I want to talk about how we make the most of the time that we have. How do we, because our time is our life, how do we live in the time that we have for what matters most. And so to get into this topic today uh, so that we can actually apply what we've been talking about all month, I want to uh, actually do something a little bit different. I'm a youth pastor. I can't help myself. Sometimes you just got to play a game, okay? So I'm going to need four volunteers, please. Four volunteers. Someone that would want to play a game. Uh, we got one kid over here. We, uh, I need some, I've seen a lot of like people, okay, you come on up. I've seen a lot of people volunteer people. That is pretty much you volunteering, just so you know. All right, in the back over here. And then I need one more grown up, one more grown up, one more grown up. Where are you at? Where are you? All right, come on up, come on up. All right, all right. Okay, are you guys ready? Totally ready? All right. Okay, you guys ready? All right. So, everybody, can you give them a round of applause? This is big to, like, stand in front of everybody. Okay. All right, are you guys ready to compete? Okay. We, or any of you gluten intolerant, I suppose I should ask that. Okay, because there's some gluten uh, in what we're about to do. Okay, so this is a classic minute to win it game called Face the Cookie. You can take that. You can take this. Here's some Oreos for you. Here is how we play the game. In just a moment, there is going to be a countdown timer. It'll go three, two, one, and then you'll have 60 seconds. You cannot use your hands to eat it, and it must start 
on your forehead. So you can use your eyebrows. You can kind of like do one of these. The, now the last two services, not now, okay, if you're like, oh, like the last two services, just so that you know that there's even more pressure. We've had the last, at the last two services, someone got the cookie within 60 seconds. So can we do it here at 9.30? Can you give them a round of applause? Are you guys feeling ready? Are you feeling excited? Okay, get your cookies ready. Get your cookies ready. Are you ready for this? Your name's Chris, isn't it? It's right there. No, like, I'm not Chris. You're not Chris. <laughs> 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 I'm not oh, Chris. you're seriously not Chris. I like you. You're awesome. Okay, let's get that count. Are you guys ready? Are we ready with the countdown? Are you ready? All right, let's roll the countdown. The game begins in three... Two, one. All right, cheer on, everybody. Uh-oh, if you drop one, go ahead and grab another one of these. I think you said Anna. Everyone say, great job, Anna. Great job, all you guys. Uh, and, and you know, if you like want to take some Oreos to snack on, that's cool too, okay? You don't, have, don't eat that one. That one's on the floor. That one's on the floor. <laughs> all right. Hey, uh, you guys are awesome. You're such a fun church. This is so cool. Okay, so uh, why are we playing games? So, so some of you are like, get to the Bible, please. Okay, let's get to it. Um, so here's why I wanted to play that game. How boring would that game be if we didn't have a countdown clock? It would be so boring. It would just be really, like, weird. Just people like, and, and you could take as long as you needed, you know. And, and, then as, and that's a challenging thing to do. But without the countdown clock, it's like, I could figure it out. You know, I have plenty of time. But the reality is that we all have a countdown clock in our life. We all have a countdown clock. Whether it's a deadline at work or a deadline at school or, or whether it's, it's how much time before the kids move out of the house or, or whether it's how much time we have left at all, how much time we have left in whatever. And I don't know about you, but maybe you're like me. Maybe you sometimes feel like you have about 25 hours of things to do in a 24-hour day. Does anyone else feel like me? Anybody experienced that? A few hands. Everyone else has managed their time really well. Or are you lying in church? Which one is it? Uh, let's try it again. Does anyone else feel like, like the rest of us? Okay, all right. Very good. Very good. Okay. Uh, so here's what the scriptures say. The scriptures say, uh, this is a prayer to God. It's from the Psalms. It says, teach us to number our days. Teach us to manage the time that we have, to make the most of the time that we have. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. That we can, wow, there's a lot of Oreos up here. That we can gain a heart of wisdom. We can know what to do with the time because time keeps on slipping into the future. See, when I saw that I had this preaching assignment to talk on time management, I was like, thanks, Pastor Mike, I'm terrible at this. Uh, this is, this is going to be great. Um, and so what I want to do is I want to point you to God's word because I need it too. I really do. Uh, there's just so many ways that we can end up busy, stressed out, and like there's just too much. And that's not just if you have young kids or if you're deep into your career. Students feel that way. Teenagers feel that way. In fact, teenagers, I get to work with teenagers every single week. Wednesday nights, uh, we do Power Life, we do Ignition, and, and I get to spend a lot of time with our high school Ignition students. If you know any uh, high school students, send them on a Wednesday night. 
If you know a junior high student, send them on a Wednesday night. But they are so busy and they're so stressed. And the truth is that most of us, we have all sorts of things that are important. But you ever feel that tension between what's most important and what's urgent? You know what I'm talking about? When something's really important, but then there's something that's really urgent. You know what the difference is between those two things? The thing that's urgent has to be done sooner, and the consequence of it not being done is scarier to us than the consequence of not giving time to what's most important. Which tells us what we think is most important. It's complicated, isn't it? There's so many times, you know, like uh, at the beginning of this year, um, Michelle and I were like, 2022 needs to be the year of peace. We've had, it's been a crazy last two years for everybody. Let's get intentional. And we actually made like a really uh, like integrated um, uh, routine for how we were going to manage our family and manage our time and give time to what matters most. And, and uh, Michelle was rolling her eyes a little bit, but I was like, this is awesome because I nerd out about that kind of stuff, okay? But I'm still bad at managing time. I don't know, it just... Work with me, okay? And so, uh, so we, we do all this, and, and actually, it was great. We actually got to do date night. That was awesome. That was really great. Uh, we actually got, like, the house clean. That was amazing. It's like, whoa, I didn't know this was possible. And, and so, like, the routine was really, really helpful until one of our kids brought COVID home, Right? And this wrench gets thrown in, and, and for, 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 you know, 10 days we're quarantining and trying to, like, the schedule, the routine, it's all out the window. And we live in a world that's filled with so many distractions. We live in a world that's filled with so many, and sometimes they're good distractions, sometimes bad distractions. Sometimes the things that are stealing our time, it's like unending work. You could get all of your to-do list done, and you could make a new to-do list before the end of the day, couldn't you? We all could. And then there's the wrenches that get thrown, the chaos that gets thrown into our lives. So even if you read Stephen Covey, even if you have a routine, even if you, you know all the methods and tricks and, and you have your, you know, priorities and or, or really, maybe you're really good at this at work, but really terrible at this at home or really good at home, but terrible at work or, or whatever it might be, the time keeps on ticking into the future. And not only is it ticking, there's things that are stealing our time too. It says in God's word, be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. The days are evil. And what that means is time keeps on ticking into the future and your phone, as good as, as your phone can be, there's so many good things about your phone, but let's just be honest, we've all looked at that thing where it says how many hours we spent on Facebook or spent on Instagram or TikTok or spent on whatever, spent on email, and then we're like, why don't I have time to play with my kids? Or why don't I have time to get to church? Or why don't I have time to, to spend in prayer? Or, or why don't I have time for, and then we look at the hours on our phone and we're like, oh, ooh, ooh. It's a little convicting, right? There's all these distractions in our world. I think about uh, our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. You know, if they had like a, a routine and a plan for all the logistics of how they're going to manage their time and the family, that's all out the window. What do you do then? What do you do when the world falls apart? What do you do when cancer shows up? What do you do when chaos shows up? And, and, and what do you do to make the most of your time? Because 
time keeps on slipping into the future. I want to share with you two very basic things. And uh, even though that they're basic and that they're simple and that you can apply these if you are, you know, eight years old or if you're 80 years old, if you're, you're like really busy, maybe you're like, I just retired. I don't feel busy. And all the other retired people said, you just wait. You're going to feel busy in like four weeks. Can I get an amen from anyone retired in the room? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so w- what I want to do is share with you two biblical ideas, two principles that will help you to manage your time no matter where you're at in life, and make the most of your time. And so here's the first one. The first one is make room. Everyone say, make room. Make room for what matters most. This is what Jesus said. He said, seek, and this is what he says matters most, by the way. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously. And then there's this promise, and he will give you everything you need. See, the reason why sometimes the urgent takes priority over the important is because we think we won't get what we need if we focus on the important. And when it comes to our relationship with God, which is the most important relationship that any human being can have, that is the most important. And if we focus on that relationship, well, well, how will I get this done? And where, where am I supposed to have time for fill in the blank? Or, or, you know, I just don't really feel like it today. I get that. I understand that. But maybe, maybe there needs to be some room that's made. A lot of you, you have prioritized your relationship with with God, and you prioritize your relationship with people, but the reality is that work feels more urgent, or school feels more urgent, and so that's kind of what gets the lion's share of your time and energy. And it's one thing to prioritize something in your heart, it's another thing to prioritize it with your time. And to actually make the room so that the most important thing fits in reality. In your life. It's giving something time that shows that you value it in reality. The guilt that you feel for not giving attention where you wish you could give attention, that's not going to go away on this side of heaven. And so you have to just decide, who am I going to disappoint? That's tough. I hate that. I hate that so much. Do you, you know, like some of you, you're here and you're like, you're talking on time management. I've had an email in your inbox for the last however many days. And like, I know, I know. I, I like, I would love to get back to you. It feels terrible. It feels awful. Like I just, like you're important to me. You really are. And I mean that. And then my son comes up and is like, can we play a puzzle? And, and I'm like, no, son, we can't play a puzzle because I have to answer this email. And then I'm like, oh, what do I do? The tension is real. And we have to make room for what matters. And, and organizing is great, but what about when the chaos comes? Well, you have to have made room for what matters most. Here's something that we all have in common, rich or poor. All of us have 168 hours in our week. That's, you know, seven days, 24 hours. We have 168 hours, and we get to spend them how we want each week, okay? And uh, now, now I'm going to put up some different colors here, and some of you are going to laugh a little bit, because if you, if you trust the science, you're supposed to get eight hours of sleep, okay? Some of you are like, I don't need eight hours. I need 
12 hours, please. I need 12. Some of you are like, I don't need eight hours. That's for wimps. I have uh, three hours of sleep and a pot of coffee. I'm good. Okay. I just want you to know, as tough as you feel, that's not healthy. Okay. That's, that's just not good for you. God did not make that to be the way that you're, the temple of the Holy Spirit functions. Okay. So you, you got to get your, your, say you build in your eight hours of sleep. And then some of you, you're looking at the blue section. You're like 40 hours of work. Do you know my job? Well, there was a lot of giggles on that one. Uh, do you know my job? No, I don't, I don't know. And, and I also want to just acknowledge something, too, because some of you, you're working 80 hours a week in two jobs to make ends meet. And you know all about the countdown from bill to bill, don't you? It's stressful. And there's freedom to be had. There's freedom to be had. And you, I know you might be in a season right now where, where it just seems like that's, that's impossible. And so I just want you to know that, that God has grace for you and God has freedom for you and God loves you and God wants to fill your life with what matters most. And so, you know, the science says, so this is why I chose 40, the science says after 40 hours, that's when you start declining in the amount of quality that you're putting into your work. That's the science. If you want to trust the science. And then there's those other 72 hours. What do you do with that? How do you fill them? Because you, really, like, if you're, if you're a healthy human being, you're doing these things, and then you fill these other hours. And do and, and you know what this, this little square is right here, this one? Let, let, there it is. That is the length of a worship service at Lutheran Church of Hope. Unless the preacher gets a little passionate, which sometimes happens. Sometimes, maybe a square and a half. If I had 72, if I had 72 dollars and someone asked for a dollar, I wouldn't feel poor if I gave them a dollar, right? Would you? I, I wouldn't feel like I was really missing a lot if they, if they took a dollar. And the, the truth is, and please hear this with all the love of my heart, one dollar, one square can bless all of these squares. I'm not, I'm not saying, what's wrong with you? You can't figure out one square. Isn't God important to you? For a lot of you, you're like, I can't figure out even one square, and I feel terrible about it. That means God's important to you, and you need to make room in reality, and that might mean you need to remove something from your reality to make worshiping God a reality, or make prayer a reality, or make time with your kids a reality, or, or make quality family time a reality, or, or to make quality friend time a reality. Really, like, what we're talking about is making time for love. For love. When we make room, and really I said make time, that's impossible, by the way. You can't create time. But you can create room by choosing wisely what you will do with your time. What matters most to you. There's a tension there, isn't it? Because there's so many things that matter. Maybe you've heard this phrase before. If everything's important, then? Like four of you. Nothing's important. Okay, so four of you knew it. The rest of you, now you know it. If everything's important, nothing's really important, right? And something that's important has the primary space, has the room. It is the thing. In reality. And the good news is, like, you guys are already doing this. Like, you're, you're here, you're tuning in, and you're worshiping with your church family. And it's just one square, or a passionate preacher might take a, you know, a square and a half. We're going to try to keep it one square today. And that blesses all of them. 
All of them. It touches all of them. Can you say that for that, that hour that you spent on TikTok? Probably not. Might have got a couple giggles out of it, but, but maybe there's something better. And God wants what's better for you. So that, that's the first one is we got to make room. We, we might have to take something out of the container of our 24 hours of our life so that there is room for what matters most in our life. And here's the second one. The second one isn't really about the logistics of how you manage the mathematics of your time and where you plug everything in. It's, it's making sure that you don't waste it because you could show up to worship and you might miss the moment. You could show up for, for your family and you might miss the moment. And so the second thing that we learn from Jesus and we learn from Scripture is, is that if you want to make the most of the time that you're given, because it keeps on ticking, 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 fully engage with the moment that you're in. Jesus put it this way. He said, so don't worry about tomorrow. See, the reason why we're not fully engaged is because we're worried, right? There's something that we're worried about. There's something that's taking our mind and our emotions from the moment that we're in or the person that's in front of us or the God whose presence that we're in, and it's going here. And believe me, with someone that's diagnosed with attention deficit disorder, I know that feeling, okay? Like, like it, I'm like, squirrel, oh, yes, squirrel. What were we talking about? Ask anyone that I work with. They're like, he's rough in meetings, okay? Because he can go anywhere. And, and so, uh, what was I saying again? Um, just kidding, I know what I'm saying. Uh, and so we can, sometimes we just get pulled away because there's distractions, but so frequently we miss the moment because there's something we're worried about in the future. How are we going to handle that? What are we going to do? We're planning, planning, planning. Or, or maybe for some of us, we're actually concerned about something that we did in the past. Oh, I shouldn't have said it like that. Why did I treat them that way? Oh, I hope no one saw. And there's this guilt and maybe this shame, and it takes us out of the moment that we're in. And here's the problem with that. Love is experienced it might be in your heart right now, but it's experienced in the moment. In the moment. Think about any time that you've felt that overwhelming feeling of love or that you've received that love from someone else. You were in the moment. You were in the moment. You were fully engaged. All five sentences in the moment. It was like there was nothing else. You were right here in the moment. See, this was, was Martha's problem in the story uh, from Jesus' life where he went to uh, Martha's house and Martha was all excited to cook Jesus' dinner, okay? And, and isn't it interesting, like, if Jesus came over to your house, oh, I'm stepping on Oreos over here. If Jesus, if Jesus came to your house, what would you cook him? Would you get him some Oreos? Some of you are like, I'd make mac and cheese because that's all I know how to make, baby. Uh, or, or some of you, you'd be like, I'm going to make some filet mignon and five other courses with French words, okay? And it's going to be delicious and he's going to be so impressed. And, and that was kind of more probably, well, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm guessing that that's what Mary's dinner was going to be like because Jesus was coming over. And the scripture says that she was distracted with all of the preparations for everybody. So Jesus is in, in her house and she's making dinner and, and she's starting to get anxious and she's rushing and hurrying. And any of you that have done like Thanksgiving dinner before, you know this because it's like, oh, my whole family's in the house, but I didn't get to talk to them the whole time because I was cooking a turkey that still ended up 
cold, right? Like, it's stressful. It can be stressful. Some of you have mastered, you have a system for how to manage that time. You're like, nah, I'm present for my family. What if our whole life could be like that? So Mary, she's cooking dinner, and, and she looks over and she sees, or not Mary, Martha's cooking dinner, and she looks over and sees her sister Mary. And Mary's just sitting right by Jesus, being lazy, okay? Not doing anything, just listening to Jesus talk, okay? It's like, hello, uh, you're my sister, and, and, you know, in her mind, she's thinking, you're a woman, you're sitting where guys are supposed to be, because back then only the guys were really sitting at the feet of the rabbi. Thank God that Jesus had a better way and deeper truth than a woman's place in the kitchen. But that's what Martha thought. Mary, you come help me. You should come help me. But she, didn't go, she was passive aggressive. She went to Jesus, and instead of just saying, hey, Mary, I could use some help, please. I'm really stressed out like a, a healthy human being. She goes, and so why, why I'm picking on Mary is because I'm picking on me because that is what I do all the time, just being honest. And so she goes to Jesus and is like, Jesus, you should tell my sister to get up and help me because, I mean, look at me. I'm doing all the work here, Jesus. You know what Jesus said to her? No. He said it much nicer than that, but he said no. And, and let me show you what he said. And if you've been busy, if you've been hustling, if, if there's just been a lot that's going on and you're just cramming so much into your life and you're trying to figure it out, you're trying to be responsible, you're trying to have fun, but if you're responsible, then you can have fun. But then if you're responsible, you don't really have time for the fun. But if you just have fun, then, then you're, you're not gonna like, end up being able to do the things to continue to have fun. So what do you do? Here's what Jesus says. Hear it like he's speaking it right to you, Martha. My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. She wasn't doing a bad thing. In fact, she was prioritizing Jesus' meal. But she was missing the moment. She was so good at being a host that she missed her guest. And so... You're so worried over all of these details. And Jesus says, there is only one thing. Someone say, one thing. One thing. That's hard because I can think of a lot more than one thing that I get concerned with. And he says, there's only one thing that's worth being concerned about. And Mary's discovered it. Have you discovered it? Have you discovered the one thing that's worth being concerned about? If you look at the original Greek of this passage, uh, it's like he's saying a little more literally, there is only one thing that's necessary. A minute ago, we read that promise, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he will give you everything you need. Do you believe him? Mary believed that. Believed that she could just be. Martha missed it. You know, um, during our little quarantine that we had to do, and everybody, our symptoms were mild, thank, thank God. Because I know there's a lot of people in our church that that's not the case. But when we were doing our, our quarantine, the four of us, and 
trying to work and arranging schedules and working late while trying to recover and uh, helping kids because, you know, they're not going to clean the house. They're two and four. Like, they're just going to mess it up. And, like, we're just trying to keep up on everything. And, and you know, maybe I'm trying to do emails and Elliot comes up. He's like, can we wrestle? And, you know, uh, right now, when we do laundry and we're folding his pants, there are holes in all of his pants. And they're not like you buy the pants and they're very stylish because there's holes in them, okay? These are homemade holes, okay? Because he's just like a wrestling fiend and a hide-and-seek fiend and a, and a monster truck fiend. And he's just, he just wants to be with dad when he does those things. And so I've, I've been doing the best that I can. And then I started getting holes in my pants. And my pants are a little more expensive than his pants. And so I, I'm like, okay, well, we got to figure something out here. This, this isn't going to work. And, and, and I realized, you know, when I'm 85 on my rocking chair, am I going to miss the pants? Or am I going to miss the wrestling match? It's amazing how we can complain today about things that we'll actually miss tomorrow. It's amazing because some of you, you you've experienced this. You're, I hear this from, from those of you that have uh, kids that are grown up and uh, that, you know, whatever season you're in, it's easy to look, look forward to the next thing and say, oh man, when I'm, if you're in high school, when I'm in college and when you're in college, when I get, get my first real job or, or when I, when I uh, you know, get, get married or find my significant other or when I, when I, win, 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 win. And it's always just looking forward, looking forward, looking forward. And someday you look back and you're like, did I miss it? Have you discovered it? Because love is experienced in the present moment. And what if we fully engaged with that? See, the thing that Martha didn't figure out is that Jesus, the guy that can take a couple loaves of bread and fish and feed 5,000, the guy that can, when the wedding runs out of wine, he can be like, and there's all this wine, and it's the best wine. Like, he probably was going to be, be okay when it came to dinner. He didn't need Martha to get all the details just right for him to be okay. We have a God, Jesus Christ, who just wants to be with us. Who created time to be with us. Jesus has time for you. The thing is, time keeps on ticking into the future. And when the sand falls down, you can't get it back. And the truth is, it's not even like this. It's more like that. With the Oreos out of the way. Because <laughs> we don't know how much time we have. We don't know. But you know what's amazing is... Not only do we have a God that wants to have real time with you, love with you, fully engaged in the present moment, spending the time that you do have with what matters most, he has eternity for you. See, if we were just given an hourglass, this would be a very anxious conversation. But the reality is that we have 
a God, our heavenly Father, sent his Son, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, into our world, into time. To ex- and he had 33 years of sand. That's what he had, 33 years. And at the end, when he got to the finish line of those 33 years, he died on a cross. He was killed. And there was a purpose for it. It was to give you and me eternity. And you know what that does when it comes to all the things that we have to fit into our life? It puts it all in perspective. It's not that the things that we worry about are not concerning. But when you compare them to the vast expanse of eternity, it does minimize them. When you think about like, oh man, if I only would have done that differently in the past, when you realize that God has given you eternity in Jesus Christ and your sins, every single one of them in your past, in your present, and in your future is forgiven, you're free. And, and so when our minds pull us here, we can say, wait, no, no, I, I, I have been given today and I've been given eternity. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Time keeps on ticking, but we have an eternity. I heard it explained like this once. I I heard it's kind of like if you got in an airplane and you flew over to the Sahara Desert, which is about the size of the United States, and you got one grain of sand from the Sahara Desert and you uh, took a COVID test and, you know, they, they really messed up your nose, and then you bring it on back. Okay, and you put it right here, just right here on, on, on the stage here at Lutheran Church of Hope. And you did that one year, and the next year you do the same thing, and hopefully there's no COVID test involved that time. And so you go, and you get your grain of sand, and then you bring it back. And, and you know, if you live the average number of years that someone in America does, you, you, and if you start when you're zero, you will get 80 grains of sand in this little spot, which can just be dusted up, thrown away like that. But God's given you eternity. And so what if into eternity you, you did the same thing? You, you went to the Sahara Desert and you got more sand and you just kept going and you kept going until the Sahara Desert was just gone. It wasn't in Africa anymore. It is the United States. The United States is now a desert, everybody. And so like just covered and all of these things. And if you did that once a year for all of, et- of eternity. And guess what? It wasn't even close to all of eternity. Eternity's just barely begun. And did you know in eternity, it's not just sitting in, on clouds with harps and cabbage patch dolls with halos and being bored. Eternity. Well, it, it's like that moment where you felt love in the present moment. Forever. This is God's promise. He has eternity for you. And so here's the question I want us all to ask ourselves. On this side of heaven, where time keeps on ticking. What can I remove from my life? Because that's what it's going to take. It's going to take, like, you, if you have a full schedule, which most of us do, and most of our kids do, you're going to have to take something out for a time to prioritize what matters most. You might have to take a distraction out so you can be fully engaged with what matters most. And here's another question you might want to ask yourself or ask someone in the car on the way home or over brunch or breakfast or whenever you're watching this, like talk to someone about this. Why might you be a little scared to do it? 
see, and we have this tradition, uh, and we worship God, not tradition, but there's this tradition that has been really helpful for a long, long time. It's brought so many people closer to God. During the season of Lent, a lot of people like to fast. And so usually it's like, I'm giving up my Diet Pepsi or I'm giving up chocolate. And if that helps you get closer to Jesus, great. That's awesome. That's really, really great. If that helps you remember that he loves you, awesome. Nothing wrong with that. But maybe this year it's time to identify that thing that you're going to remove so you can make room for what matters most. And that you can be fully engaged in this moment where love is experienced. So I want to invite you to come to our Ash Wednesday service. That's this Wednesday. This Wednesday is when, it, when Lent starts. You'll get some ashes on your head and you'll get to receive communion in the way that, that we used to do it uh, pre-pandemic or mostly that way. We're coming down the aisles. Still a few adjustments. But come and be in that moment that's where the love is and that's where life is and so I want to invite the band the band's going to come on down here in just just a second and we're going to practice this you might be tempted to skedaddle and get your kids they're okay Uh, you might be tempted to get out of the parking lot sooner because you're in a hurry I want to challenge you be in this moment all five senses a lot of times I get pulled out of you know during a worship song actually concentrating on the God that just wants to be with me and loves me? I'm like, what am I going to say? How am I going to do it? What do I got to do next? Let's lean back for just a second into God's loving arms. <laughs>